Live from the Pathway Studios in Johnston Proper, you are live from the back. Live from the path, we're coming from the Pathway Studios here in Johnston Proper, which seems more redundant now that I said the opening at the same time. Like I, it felt like I had just gotten information. Okay, that's my fault. We get some technical problems in here, and so uh, Pants does this much better than I do, but uh, we're making do for today. Bring back the pants. What do you say? Bring back the pants. Bring back the pants. Okay, I can Too see that. Too much, Ben. Yeah, Not yeah. enough pants. Yeah, I totally. Uh, yeah, I feel that. Dan, you feel that? I'm, I'm feeling. I'm feeling. Oh, okay. I'm feeling creeped out right now too because like there's this different computer here and there's a poster of a guy playing a guitar on our wall and I keep looking and it's reflecting off the computer and it's looking right at me. Oh, I keep looking <laughs> up thinking who is? Oh, oh, okay, that's like a dude staring at you. There's a dude staring at me. Like stop it. Oh, he's not real. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. I could wig a guy out. Just, All right, just, here, here's what we got going on the show uh, uh, this evening. Uh, well, hold on, uh, Nathaniel, you try, try your mic for me real quick. Check, check. Okay, good, we're good. All Let's right. See me don't push. So, um, <laughs> here, here's what, uh, I, I, has, I don't even want to talk about this, but I think we're going to talk about it. Um, has anybody been following the, the Hillsong stuff this week? No. Not, not really. I just know their stuff went down. Didn't, it was it like official now? Or yeah. I'd read stuff in the past, but. Yeah, so this is from, uh, the Christian Post, Hillsong founder Brian Houston was drunk inside a woman's hotel room for 40 minutes. Church reveals. This is an oddly specific Wait, thing that happened. Drunk for forty minutes? Yeah. Uh, Where they kept testing him to see like levels or something? This, or yeah, it's weird. It's such a so specific <laughs> a thing that they've said. At forty two minutes, he was fine. He was yeah. So here's it says Hillsong Church founder Brian Houston violated the church's code of conduct by entering the hotel room of an unidentified woman for forty minutes while under the influence of alcohol and prescription drugs during the church's annual conference in two thousand nineteen. In a statement outlining investigations into two complaints against Houston's behavior in the last 10 years, the Global Evangelical Church Network also said that its global senior pastor exchanged an inappropriate text message with a staffer in 2013, uh, resulting in her resigning shortly after. Like one? One text message? This this guy's out of control. I mean, already I'm like, oh, wait a minute. It's his own church conference. So there's church people everywhere, right? Yeah, right. They're all there, and he's going to just slide into someone's room and not be noticed when he's like the most visible guy in the entire church. Yeah, what a dummy. It's like, uh, and and obvi- and he's, that means he's and he was drinking like under the influence of alcohol and prescription drugs. Like, why are you drinking at the church conference? Yeah, that that's someone who either wants to be caught or is so. Arrogant. Arrogant that yeah. they think they can't be. Yeah, yeah, there's nothing they can't do wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense to me. Okay. Wow. But I just, uh, let's see. In a recent uh, recording of a meeting with 800 staffers of the global megachurch, mega Hillsong interim global pastor uh, Phil Dooley said Houston doesn't recall having sex with the identified woman in the <laughs> hotel room. This is the worst PR <laughs> effort that I've ever seen. Except for the drugs and alcohol, I can't remember if we had sex. Yeah, like, I know he was in there for 40 minutes, specifically, but I have no idea whether something odd went on in there. Uh, Houston reportedly met the woman who was not a member of Hillsong in the foyer of the Pullman Hotel where several Hillsong officials were drinking. Classic. If it was after one of the conference nights and he was drinking with the group... Later that evening, he went to go to his room, didn't have his room key, and ended up knocking on the door of this woman's room, and she opened the door, and he went into her room. 
Dooley said the church couldn't conclusively say what happened. This woman has not said if there was any sexual activity. What do you mean, like, did you ask? I don't understand this. This is really <sighs> bad. Okay, let's separate two problems. One, uh, w- uh, this is terrible. This is an abuse of, of, of power. It's an arrogant fool Le- leading one of, the, like, I mean, the biggest church organization yeah. in the world. Uh, now, that is separate from the incompetence of this public relations department who would, like, like, the last thing that you want to do in the midst of some sort of scandal is leave a bunch of open questions. Like, you just don't want pe- – you want to be as clear as you can, as early as you can with specifics that make – that matter uh, so that you can, like, control the, the what people are talking about. You don't want to yeah. still be talking about this month over month over month. And this is terrible. They're doing a terrible job. The, yeah, they, they do not have uh, a good uh, PR person here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Everyone's, everyone has been drinking, they said. So the woman said also her recollection, recollection is not completely coherent. <laughs> what if they just like ask her once why they walked by her in the hall and that was it? I don't know. Yeah, hey, do you remember anything with Brian? Okay. Uh, I mean, you know, it was late. Um, as local I mean, that's do- a lot of drinking. That's a lot of drinking to not remember something. Yeah. That's not like, hey, they had a couple social drinks. Right. You had a church conference, pastoral staff, leaders of the movement, spiritual leaders getting plastered in a bar, picking up strangers. Yeah, this is great. Yeah. Here's here's the thing. And no one's – I'm going to grant right now that no one listens to me. Uh, And no one listens to the program. And no one who is of any level of popularity would know or care what I think. But can we – can we just say, look, it's you can't be cool. You you can't be the guy who leads the church and be cool. The guy who who does the things that the culture think is cool. This is bad. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, you're yeah. the guy who goes when everyone else is doing the things the culture thinks is cool, you go, nah man, I'm good. I'm good. Right, right, right. Isn't He's, that their whole thing though? Well so kind of. I, I like Like running around without their shirts on, being all ripped and chiseled and Having a few social drinks because they can. Yeah, but isn't so, that their deal? So that isn't that the thing. This is this is the thing that I've. Um, I don't want to say I've, I've got difficulty with, but like, <laughs> there are times when I sympathize with the old codger who says the world is ending and, and everyone's a sinner. Yeah, you know, because like, as much as I want to see us not shackle ourselves in places where Scripture doesn't, mm-hmm. like, is not that that prude of a man. Who's always complaining about the new music and how how what type of the stuff people are wearing and the liberalization of the language? Is he not right sometimes? Yeah. And you're like, come on! Like, here's the thing: that's the two things I hate to happen. You hate to see someone um, follow paths in their lives that God didn't design, and you hate to see like real pig-headed codgers be right. And <laughs> doggone it, if Brian Houston hasn't brought this group together. <laughs> I mean, is it does, it does it almost seem like there's a whole bunch of King Sauls out there? They got the charisma and the looks and the and and all the popularity, and, and then they just make some really poor choices. And then God's like, "Yeah, I think I'm done with you people." I mean, yeah. does not seem what's going on in the mega church out there. Not all of them, but yeah, right. I mean, there's so many that get caught up in the the glory of it all, the the the, the hype, and 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 being uh, like uh, a a a mega pastor star, you know. Yep. That that they're just making poor choices and and I just I it's almost like God's like I told you all not to have a mega church and right. you had to have one anyway because you thought everybody else had one and it was cool yeah you know and now look at you that's right 
I actually think if anything, anything you walk into, even if you believe it is a right type of thing, like something that God would would want, if you are under the impression the phrase, yes, no, no one else could, but I can handle it, applies yeah. to you, mm-hmm. you're, it's incorrect. Yeah. Like, like two red flags and a spike to the throat. This is not, you cannot handle it. <laughs> Like it's so it, like it's like clockwork though like yeah. how, it's it's always all the all the the really big ones and you're like well this is sustained for so long and and like oh it won't be like that one other guy he couldn't handle it it moved too far that was too different. fast yeah yeah it's not different human power is corruptive it's not different it, it took me a long time to figure this out because I wanted to be that guy too I mean yeah. everybody goes out of college and like yeah everybody's going to ministry I'm going to be the next mega church guy and and that was my big goal and, and everything. At the same time, I refused to compromise on certain things. That it wasn't until later I looked back and thought, "Oh, those are the things that make you mega, though." Right, right. But, but it's like I, ref- I just refused to. There were certain things I, I would not go back on. Yep. Uh, whether it's you know commitment to family, commitment to staff, commitment you know whatever different things that, that, that there's half a dozen people I probably should have fired in my life that I never did is like no I'm going to give this guy another month or another year or whatever. Yep. Um, and and a megachurch would have gone rid of him in a in a heartbeat. You right. Know? And it's like no, I, I had bigger values than that. That's I, right. Uh, um, or, or you know, uh, guess what? I'm going to my kids' little league game. Um, I, yep, I should probably go see those three people who were at church Sunday, but I'm not going to. You, you know, right? Th- those are conscious choices. Yep. Um, and so it, it got to a certain point. It took me a while where I was like, no, actually, I'm glad I'm not the mega church guy. Number one, I'm not wired that way. I'm not corporate man. Yep. Um, and uh, I'm okay with that. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's 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 it's. I don't know. That's just, just crossed my mind. It's it's the Saul, the King Saul thing. They they all start out well, and, and then they go crazy. Yeah, it's and it's like it's. There's no reason. I think it's really easy to throw babies out with bathwaters. Yeah, yeah, and like, hey, this thing was doomed from the start. I don't know that that was the case. Just like King Saul didn't have to be. Yeah, there was a path to to to, to faithfulness, and but like. There's a precipice, and then you have to make a human choice or a spirit-led choice. And like when you make the human choice, you start to bathe in human consequences, and then your water splashes all over everyone else that you're supposed to be leading. Gosh, mm. it's so it's this is this is such garbage, uh, such garbage. Because like here's the thing though, I, I I just if there's this um sorry I bring this up often because we have a very wide range of conversations with this logic clutch I, I teach. But like we were we were watching the um we were watching the State of the Union. Biden's State of the Union address, and the reason I wanted to watch it was, Lon, hey, can we can we watch for any logical fallacies that may show up um, in in the speech? But then, <laughs> or even complete sentences. Oh uh, yeah, or you know, you know, certain things that just kind of fall off the edge. Um, but like one of the things that we're watching out for is like, okay, what 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 argument is being made? And then to, people tend to fall into even at that age, like the high school age, they hear things that their parents think, or they pick up something at school, and like they've got like a real quippy kind of one. They've got a core response. They're like, "Oh, that's stupid. That's wrong. I know." Blah blah blah. And all it takes is like two questions in to go, "Isn't this a lot more gray than what you think?" Like, "Hey, I think the government should stay out of things." Great. What a like. So some of the depth of which the government is involved in things happened because we let the government was not involved and like people were being so significantly mistreated. And so everything? Well, no, probably not. Mm-hmm. And like we talked, we talked about some of the foreign policy and we talked about some politics stuff. And like the core thing was is that like you've got to recognize that the world is always more gray than you're being presented. Mm-hmm. It just isn't so easy. And like just the, the same way that like I, I echoing some of the things Dan's talking about, like there's a significant human power risk 
in churches of that size, like, are people meeting Jesus in these structures? Some are. Oh, yeah. yeah. Some are. And, like, there's places where the, the, their, their notion of God culturally is related to their grandparents. Like, they just didn't it, – it seems like, like, um, like the famous Nietzsche, like, God is dead. God died 40 years ago. Um, and he lives in an old, like his spirit lives in an old dusty church somewhere. Like to the extent that Yahweh doesn't feel relevant in our lives, we are probably doing it wrong. And so like that people can connect with someone whose, whose faith is spoken of openly and, and, and gives the perception that like it matters in your life. It matters in, in the, 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 what you do and how you marry and how you raise your kids. Like these are all relevant messages. And like, if it takes, it, 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 are, were people connecting with some of that in some of these giant churches? Of course they yeah. were. Well, yeah, they were. And there's and there's people like, um, I, like I sympathize. Like I'm in, Dan, in the same boat as Dan. Like I'm not a magnetic speaker, really. I can teach the Bible, but like I'm not good at that very. And like I, you can hear some of these guys, and heck, I like to listen to them. They're good. <laughs> They're good at, at at getting people's attention and telling good things. And so, like, I, is there room? Do you have to go and go? You know what? You can't. Um, your band has to suck, and your guy has to not be a people person. It has to be dry as a bone, otherwise the Lord's not in it. Like that's dumb, but but doggone it anyway. If by going down some of these paths, um, like we just can't throw up a roadblock to save our lives and go, yeah, up to this point, and then like Dan, like Dan was saying, uh, but here's the things that we do not compromise on, not even a wee bit. Mm-hmm. And then as long as whatever this other stuff is fits within the boundaries and principles of things that we don't compromise on, then let it fly for the glory of the Lord. But like not, a, not an inch over, not ever. We like, we don't drink at the church conference. I don't care if it's cool. <laughs> like I don't, <laughs> right. like I, you know, <laughs> right. gosh, it's, it's, and it's so difficult because like I, I'm, I'm so cautious of not overreacting in ways of which like and 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 trying to cut off and say, well, the only thing that's holy is the thing that I'm comfortable with. That's mm-hmm. stupid. Yeah. But like, but, but you got to call your risks out. You got to know what your risks are. And like, for heaven's sakes, you know, people who lead churches, pull yourselves together. Right. Put the right things in place and go. You know, like you've watched other people get blown up on this thing. And can you just go? You know, actually, I, I can't remember if I said this when I was listening through it, but like. um I was listening to that Rise and Fall of, of Mars Hill podcast, mm-hmm. and uh, one of the one of the episodes was about um, how Mark just kind of usurped the the elders. He just went around, he took all the power out, and th- there were there were a couple of elders specifically who were like, "Dude, you got to recognize what you're doing here. Like, you're trying, you're 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 consolidating under you. This is not biblical." Um, and he fi- he basically had them fired, um, and they terminated his elders. And but like my gut reaction right after that was, is I texted, uh, I sent a text message to two two dudes in the church, and I said, "Look, if I've not said this enough or very clearly, like you have full permission at any time. If you hear me teach something that is outside of scripture, if you see me behaving in my personal or like my private life and my public church life, stories I tell that do not are not uh, worthy of a man." Who has taken the responsibility to pastor this church? Like I expect you to say it, mm-hmm. uh, and and I don't care what I tell you in reaction to you saying it. You have my permission while I have a clear eye in case something ever goes afoul. And like, I feel like uh, that's not holy. You should do that. Like that should be your uh, humble position, and not just as a pastor. I mean, anybody really. Like I'm misrepresenting Christ here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't know how other guys. Like I, I felt. I felt like. Uh, this is not even remotely a problem for me that I'm aware of, but I thought, you know, 
It could be. Neither were they. I'm yeah. a human. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I thought, I'm sending this thing directly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I just, I don't understand how, how this doesn't, I don't know, Dan, how, do they, yeah. how does it not sit on them? There, there, there is a, a church marketing machine. There's this machine that, that, that steps in as the church gets to a certain size. And I don't know what size that is because I've never been there. But but from what I've heard from people who have been there, when you get to a certain size, like the the, the publishers start coming after you. Yeah, they start building you up. They start making you bigger than you are. Uh, then the church themselves, the leadership, begins protecting you and, and circling around you because well now you're you're bigger than the church. You know yeah, now right. it's the personality, and you do that long enough and with enough people and get enough distance between when you were a normal setting where people can call you on the carpet and. Uh, you're just Joe walking down the street, and you're a superstar. Uh, there, there's a transition that happens in in guys and with anybody. Yeah, you know, it would me too. Um, that 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 makes you. It's, it's it's the movie star thing. It's the Michael Jackson. You know, yeah. Some of the oddities. You go. Oh, he never had a childhood. I mean, I don't know why I picked him specifically, <laughs> but but uh, you know, you, you know, just that they're just they're just living a different world, and that's some of these pastors. Yeah. And then you, you add that the, the spiritual element onto it. They even think that they're all they're like beyond God. They're like beyond the stuff they're teaching. You, you know, uh, I'm going to go ahead and get plastered in, in while in this church conference and go hang out with this girl I don't know and go into her room for 40 minutes and forget what I did because I am under the influence of drugs and alcohol. Right, and that's okay because I'm me. You know, uh, yeah, it, it can happen to anybody. So I don't want to overjudge them, but I'm so glad I'm not there. Yeah, right. <laughs> you right. Know? Um, I'm glad God protected me from myself. Um, yeah, because who knows? But for the grace of God, where what I'd had made, you know, you don't have to be a megachurch to mess up like that. Um, no, and like, and with a, with a, with power like that, with the situation that you're in, and with the the celebrity that comes along with it, like the temptations are a lot harder. Like they're more frequent. Um, people are more more flagrant about it. Like I'm unlikely to run a, be walking down the street and have some lady go, hey. Fella, <laughs> like probably yeah. not. <laughs> um, but like, uh, it's the things that you would that you will that I will never be tempted by by the nature yeah. of my looks and personality. A, a, a guy who's got a lot of influence who appears to be a trusted person, like mm-hmm. he will end up in situations and around people who are willing to tempt him in ways like it's harder. Like it, it does amp up the game, mm-hmm. um, and those temptations become accessible in ways that may not apply to everybody else. And like again, this you're double careful. Yeah, I, I had a, a small taste of that when we lived in Atlantic. We were kind of the big fish in a small pond thing. It's a small town, seventy five hundred. And somewhere along the line, I started writing this weekly newspaper column, which honestly was not, I'm not a writer, I'm not an, an English major, you know, it's just kind of a blue collar dude telling a little story yeah. uh, in an unskilled way. But it connected because people knew who I was and it was better than what they had, evidently. And it became like a, a sensation in, in the town. Um, to the point where, like, it led to two books and 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 all this stuff. But but people would stop me. We when we got to a point where we, I, I'd be mowing my yard and someone would drive by and stop and say, "Are you Dan Hudson?" And, I, and I'm like, <laughs> I, I mean, I was kind of like, we, seriously, in your lawn mowing shorts? <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, every time we went out to eat, people would stop by the table. Oh, I love your column about blah blah blah. You know, whatever the one with the dog or whatever. Yeah, and and, and it was just amazing. And imagine that in a in a in a larger that was like little old Atlantic Iowa, right? I could go to Des Moines and no one would know who I was, right, no one would right. care. But be be a, a larger celebrity when you go out there, like this guy we're talking about is at a hotel. Everybody there knows who he is. Yeah, you know everybody. I mean, he's household name. Here we are talking about him in Johnston, Iowa. He doesn't right. know who we are, <laughs> and we're talking about him. 
Um, I can't even imagine. And it was somewhere in there. I've told you guys before that, that there, you know, a gal invited me to her house and she was all in the lingerie and everything. And, and I was too naive to realize what was happening. I thought she just, oh, maybe she forgot I was coming. You right, know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, no, she invited me in. It was totally comfortable in what she was wearing. And she was like a super attractive gal. And it wasn't, it was just like in the last five years I thought, wait a minute, that was like a thing. That right. was like, I, I mean, maybe that's a, a situation where God just blinded me to say, dude, just, just, don't just just be dumb. Yeah, you, you, you have idiot. no idea. <laughs> <laughs> you have no idea what she's doing here. She's, okay, whatever. So she's kind of attractive, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she's not wearing much clothes, uh, you know. But I, I imagine that kind of stuff. Oh, well, it happened to him. Yeah, right. He, he just knocked on the door. Come on in, buddy. Right. What? Yeah. I, I mean, so I I could see. I I don't understand it, but I could see how that could happen. Yeah. That you wouldn't. You just. You'd have to put those boundaries up. And look, like luckily, my boundaries were there. I just. It never even occurred to me to like go the extra step with right. this person because well, God said don't. So of course you don't do that. That's right. Uh, That's but, right. But yeah. Anyway, and you, and you don't put yourself in positions where you are um, where you're not of a sound mind. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's so much more than you're protecting than like. An an hour and a drive home and a like what whatever I guess like it's I just don't know how maybe you get used to it like he's been he's been the pastor the leader of a giant organization for quite a long time mm-hmm. and like the things that seem so heavy to me like they would weigh on you all the time like you can't actually carry around at that level oh, you no. you won't ever accomplish anything and so you got to learn to start shaking things off. Not take consequences personally, and mm-hmm. so maybe when that when that weight of your influence starts to not sit on you, um, then you you start to forget the 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 boundaries that should probably exist because of the yeah. weight that should have existed. Yeah, I mean at that point you're you're looking at numbers and and figures. You're not looking at people. Right, right, right. And and that's why I've always, you know said like, oh gosh, as much as I wanted to be. The CEO guy, I'm, I don't. I, I would hate that. I hate every moment of that. Um, but yeah, the, the, the stuff that would keep you and I awake at night, they're just like, well, I hope somebody's taking care of that. I mean, right, <laughs> you know? right. And that's and like for a, for a for a large org, like I work for a large company, and uh-huh. like the, the in its current iteration, it's a little smaller. But I mean, it used to be over like a hundred thousand folk, and was a worldwide company. And so, yeah. like I've worked for for a giant organization, and like. Uh, like reasonably at some level like you can't be the people person like you you have right. to you're the numbers and processes and policies people. the numbers have to rule at some point that's yeah. right and yeah. like but, but that begs the question is should our organizations ever reflect a situation of which we can't interact with people in yeah. which that at like the point at which it switches to numbers like is it possible that the church shouldn't be Beyond that, and I don't mean like yeah. um, I don't mean like event. Like I think you can do events. I think you can sure. do gatherings. Yeah, yeah. where like I mean, does, I mean somebody's got to man the porta potties and not know that Ted's in it. That's fine. Yeah, <laughs> but like, um, but for I mean for like your expression of this is my community, and I think people have a high tolerance for how many people. It's it's I think it can be quite a few. But like I just at some point where you go like I just can't be involved in the people stuff I'm running an organization mm-hmm. that should throw up the flag that goes you know that is that what I is that what God's calling on my life was to 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 run a corporation yeah um, when shepherds are no longer talking about sheep you've lost something that's right yeah 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 that's right and I think we've talked about this before that I think there that maybe there's room for the guy who's not the pastor 
Mm-hmm. To like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm. It's, it's a funny thing to think about, but like, you find someone else to run the organization. I'm pastoring here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and maybe that's all right. Maybe you just got like a secretary and like a guy who d- puts organizations together, and then fifty pastors. I'm, I might be cool with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there might be a path. They just work on who gets the building win or something. Like, I think there's <laughs> yeah. a path there. Yeah. But man, alive, it's just, it's just so hard. I know that there's um, um. Hillsong is a common target, one within the church, just because people are worried about their theology. Um, yeah, and I think uh, to, to Nathaniel's point, like some of the hipness of the uh, um, of the pastors, again, some of that's jealousy. Some some of us were like, "Boy, I wish I was a little bit suaver than that cat." I wish I'm I could about... hang out with Justin Bieber. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking about taking my shirt off right now, if you guys don't mind. <laughs> yeah, you know, Dan, I got the cameras back up and rolling. You might as well bathe them. I mean... Baptize them in your glory. Yes. <laughs> I was watching a clip from... Uh, it was another... I, th- I think it was Joe Rogan podcast or something like that, where they were talking... Uh, like, I don't know how it came up, but I think it was... I don't know if it was this guy or not, but I think it was a, uh, a Hillsong pastor. It was like hanging out with Justin Bieber with his shirt off. And oh, like yeah. Walking yeah. around. Lentz, yeah. Yeah. It's like what? What is going on here? Like, when did you become like, or feel the need to be so hip? Like, I just I don't I don't get it. I've read stuff where they have a, there's a special door for celebrities to come in. You know, you knock on the door and they'll come in. They get escorted to the front so everybody can see that. Oh, you know, Michael Jordan's here today. You know, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, that sports team I'd heard had gone in. Oh, I, I actually I was with a guy. That's it. He he was part of a basketball team. Uh, and and they went to this one of these churches, uh, whichever one we're talking about, the yeah wherever that's at, and and they the manager they took him, they knocked on the side door, and and they they took the whole basketball team into the front, they sat him right in the front, and they wanted everybody to see that the, the was he with Kansas? It was like a big basketball team, yeah, very popular at the time, um, or Kentucky, it was Kentucky. And, uh, yeah, that was a big <laughs> – he was like – he was just kind of like going, I don't think this is right. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that, it was definitely part of the part of their thing. And then everybody's like, ooh, look at the Kentucky teams here, you know. And, and it was some tournament they were at that weekend. Gosh. Yeah, that was, you know, several years ago. But It's just, just so – like, I mean, the, the, the Jesus red flags, right? Hey, man, don't walk to the front. Yeah. Let's take uh, the lower lower piece till you're invited. Read a little James. Yeah. I, I just <laughs> – um, uh, I don't know. I don't know. There's anything to, else to learn from it. I guess you know. It's just it's just so difficult because I don't. Um, I think there's actually when during the during the COVID stuff. Um, I, I find a number of the hill like the Hillsong worship stuff um, really good, mm-hmm. really encouraging, um, thoughtful. Uh, yeah. As a matter of fact, one of the we were one of the songs came up um, for for worship this weekend. And like, there's a number of these where like you can so you could read these as poetry, like they're, like they're thoughtful with their words mm-hmm. in such a way that like it, they're beautifully done. Sometimes difficult to sing, but otherwise you know like thoughtful. And yeah. so um, uh, I, I remember during during the COVID stuff, like um, there was a particular um, lady with one of the Hillsong bands, and like she was she just j- hopped on and did a worship set, just her and a piano. Um, she had just a beautiful voice, and like it was so. It was so cool. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was like a great use of technology, a great use of their platform and their popularity to come on and like kind of let Rent Collective kind of done the same thing. Is like, hey, well, how can, what, what can we do just to try to connect people with something that felt a little bit normal? Um, and and so like that stuff doesn't happen in um, in a vacuum. Like something about a church structure that has a little bit of space and a little bit of money to say it's all right to 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 bring someone on and pay them. 
to create music for Jesus in this way. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to have decent equipment, and it's okay, it's okay to produce it well so that when you put it on YouTube, like, it sounds good. It's not just, like, Ben put a camera in the corner type of stuff. Right. You know? And so, like, I think it's we constantly do need to refine and go, look, we... You, you can't get what's good by doing what's not good. I think we, that's, we need to be clear about that. Um, and then say and then, but, but you can still hold firm to the things that say, "Hey, look, we actually think this is valuable, but how do we protect it? Not, not how do we not how do we stifle it, but, I, I, but if something is good and important, we should be asking ourselves, uh, like, how do we protect it? Mm-hmm. Um, because like think of all the, the this guy probably had this was 2019. Um, he's been doing this for more than that. I think he's been 20, 30 years or something. Like, he probably could look back at his life with, with it, in awe of all the things that it feels like God might has done right. through him and, and trying to lead this organization or whatever. And, like, I, I, let's get out of this. I don't know enough about it to say either way whether you hate the man or not. But, like, all, I think, you know, people are getting baptized. People are meeting Jesus. He, he won't know to Dan's point because it's a numbers thing. It's not like he knows whether it's stuck or not, which mm-hmm. is bad. I think that's wrong. <laughs> right. But, like, you know, in general, could you look back and say, you know, not the work of my hands, but thank you for blessing it and letting me see all these, like, your kingdom growing in the world through something I got to touch. Like, what a – and then what? And then we just kind of whizzed all over it, and you said, "This was here's 40 minutes. Is this worth it? Or and, the, and there's maybe there's more stories or whatever, and it's been a, a, an ongoing thing with him. But like, well, it said the thing about the 2013 with the lady or whatever. Just, yeah, they, was like, that what? so weird? Yeah. One like a text message in 2013, and what yeah. happened? To, uh, there, it seemed like there was no follow up. That's what now, you know, seven years ago. Yeah, right. Eight, nine, Eight? almost. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. wait, I'm living in the past. <laughs> I just, but no, no re- repercussions then. Yeah. Maybe they just let it go because it was like well, I mean, you kind of give people the benefit of the doubt, like oh he didn't really mean that. Yeah, or, you know, it was just one text message. It was a joke, or I mean, was it? What was it though? Was it? Was he sitting on his winger? Or? I don't know. They didn't say this was so odd. Like hey, there's a te- they just said a text message in 2013. Doesn't everyone have a reasonable follow up question? Yeah, what was in it? What was it? <laughs> <laughs> Like, <sighs> what made it inappropriate? Yeah, right. Like you could just you could say it was an inappropriate picture. They're like, okay, that's enough. Uh-huh. Or like a proposition, or like something that gives you a characterization of what. The, or did he just tell an off-color joke? Yeah, and like probably shouldn't have, and then he stopped. I, I mean, we can work through some of that stuff. But anyway, but um, also, who cares? You know, like what? Well, you know what I mean? Like uh, you're gonna have to clarify what you're talking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, obviously, she cares. And uh, people should care in his organization, but like for it to be on a on a website and for us to be talking about it, it seems like you know so far removed that it's like oh, what business is of of ours? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, like if this could be happening, you know, with any Johnny Johnny uh, uh, pastor guy in some tiny church, and we'll never hear, but like uh, just because he's not at a conference and he's getting drunk by himself, and you know all that uh, that sort of thing. But I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's that's true. There's um, uh, pa- pastors are humans. I everyone probably has. Well, I, there's probably a good chunk of pastors who have some sort of like something like that. That that there was some mistake they made, weren't pretty, weren't thoughtful. Had they dealt with it, and then they kind of moved on. And I think I think there's room for your pastors to be human. And it's odd though, like for for such a big deal as this this last thing is. Like if this is the only other thing that ties like your sinew together. Um, it's not a super hard story. 
for a guy. I don't know. I, I, the whole thing's just that's just really unfortunate. It says um, uh, Hillsong's global board appointed a four-person integrity unit. Why is it in quotes like that? <laughs> That is that seems disingenuous. <laughs> the integrity unit. Not just the elders. <laughs> what? Isn't that what that's supposed to be? Well, yeah. Like, the why do we integrity. need a separate? Like, why do the elders lack integrity? <laughs> that yeah. you got to get a four person team. Four person. Like, that's a weird number. Even I don't know. Yeah. Cool. Let's make uh, it seven. Let's write them. Let's see. <laughs> it says uh, Dooley told Hillsong staffers that even though the woman in the 2019 incident had a lot of conflicting emotions, uh, she told someone at the church about the encounter. The woman also asked for a conference fee and a Kingdom Builder donation to the church returned. Houston repaid her from his personal funds. Hmm. That's good. Doesn't it seem odd? It re- now, see, I'll go on that piece of detail. Now it really starts to matter as to what went on in the hotel room. Because you're like, she asked for a refund. <laughs> she goes, she wasn't, didn't go to the church, but gave money to the church. Like she went to the conference. And yeah, and you're right, and donated to the church. Whatever this kingdom figure was, is that like the apostle figure in level or whatever we talked about yeah, 10 years ago? Kingdom Builder. <laughs> kingdom Builder. Yeah, right. It says Hillsong's Global Board, they, they bring in the integrity unit to investigate the complaint and concluded Houston required church discipline, but he was not held accountable. What the flying heck does that mean? How can you need discipline, but you're not accountable for it? You ever tried that in parenting, Dan? <laughs> like, you're grounded two weeks. I admit eh, you, you didn't really mind. do anything wrong, but <laughs> that's bogus. It was found that Pastor Brian became disoriented after, a, this is t- ridiculous, after a session at the Hillsong Conference following the consumption of anti-anxiety medication beyond the prescribed dose mixed with alcohol. This resulted in him knocking on the door of a hotel room that was not his, entering this room, and spending time with the female occupant. This is the worst lie I've ever heard. I'm not saying he wasn't drinking, and I'm not saying he wasn't on pills. But, like, this, I got confused. I ended up talking, like, knocking on the door of a woman that I spoke to earlier in the lobby. uh, And then suddenly was able to strike up a conversation in the hotel room for 40 minutes. Yeah. And then left. And the woman somehow didn't walk away with flying, like, glowing colors about it. This is ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, Finally. The investigation by the integrity unit appointed by the global board found that although all parts of the complaint were unable to be sustained, important elements of the complaint were sustained and the conduct was of serious concern. They found that Brian had breached the Hillsong pastor's code of conduct. Uh, The board further confirmed a statement reportedly made by Dewey that they had tried and failed to discipline Houston for the hotel room incident. How do you fail to do it? Uh, (laughs) It was decided Brian should take three months off from Oh, here we go. Off from ministry, but unfortunately he didn't abide by that. He did conduct some ministry, and he did consume some alcohol. Okay, I'm back with Dan. He's arrogant. Yeah. Three months to work through, like, whatever this, like, <sighs> he was able to take more time off, blah, blah, blah. He addresses alcohol use. And, oh, oh, wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Here we go. There's more, no more information. In the 2013 incident, Dooley said Houston sent a text message to the former staffer along the lines of, if I was with you, I would like to give you a kiss and a cuddle or a hug. Boy, that is really nerdy. And creepy. Yeah. <laughs> I've just lost respect for him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not that I didn't before. But. Yeah, but that's that's weird. <laughs> huh. That's, uh, I that's mean. The, that's Yeah, that's not even like a cool guy move. That's just like, <laughs> right. hey, you. <laughs> I would like to kiss you. <laughs> Hug you and squeeze you and call you friend. It's hey, George. Like, it's, like, uh, it's like a phrase off of those hard candy Valentine hearts that no one eats. <laughs> this is the level of. He's not suave. I don't know how he got this position. Uh, I will love you. I will snuggle you. Oh, man. Uh, how are, let's see. In light of the evidence, 
before the global board, the decision was made to offer what I would call grace, not to cover up and not to expose. It's not what? The idea was that Brian would use the time to get healthy. However, not all of Hillsong elders agreed with that approach, and they had started raising the issue publicly with congregants. Okay. Okay, okay. We're not about exposing people. Why not? I mean, I, I get it. There's some things you want to deal with privately, but like to the extent that he's unrepentant, he's not reacting in the way that they've asked him to. Yeah. Then like I you know, you already took two fellas. They're not actually dealing with it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. And it's not so this guy says, um, Sin is messy, and it brings all kinds of pain. While they endeavored to act biblically in handling the complaints against Houston, which is not covering it up, boys, Hillsong's global board admits that the church needs to review its governance model. Uh, finally, this is the end, of the end of the article. Like many other churches of its size, Hillsong's governance model had historically placed significant control in the hands of the senior pastor, but we recognize that the way we do things needs to be reviewed. We know there are areas in which we can improve, and we will work honestly and transparently to that end. All right. so, so here's the deal. Mike Foost is a mega church pastor, mm-hmm. and he's right now he's out of the country. He's speaking. He's holding some leadership thing. We're 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 his elders, right? Yeah. Um, if he falls, we get our identity. But yeah, I'm I'm elders of the uh, Mike Foost Church. Yes, uh, we we get part of our identity being with him. We're part of his entourage. Yep. So if he falls, we fall too, and all of a sudden we're nobodies. Uh, so there's a little bit of self protection uh, in there, I think, from the leadership as opposed to really keeping him accountable, it's like we've got to keep him propped up, and we've got to hide some of this stuff. I think that's going on, too. Yeah, yeah, that's true. No one wants to be part of, like, it takes a real different kind of personality to be the whistleblower type, to be the guy that says, like, what people think of me be damned. Yeah, I'm yeah. going. I'm going to say the thing. Yep. Um, because everyone else, you're right, they're, they were proud of their church. They're mm-hmm. proud of where they've gone. They're probably proud, and, and, and not even in a, like a sinful way or anything. Like They just they felt yeah. good about what God was working what with, the doing. things they were contributing yeah. to. Yeah, Have you like, seen the YouTube videos are blowing up? Yeah. Yeah. It feels like you felt like you were contributing to something that was making a difference in the world. Mm-hmm. And at some point you say, um, do we need to protect the brand because we need to protect its influence? Mm-hmm. And the moment that you say, "Do we that you anything comes before? Do we need to protect Christ crucified?" Uh, then you know that you have a problem. Yeah. Is there anything more important than that? And if there is, then that's that's where that's and it's that brand thing. And like, I guess that's the other thing is like, are we putting ourselves in a situation where, um, like, when you can't be around the people, or that you have your brand is important enough that it feels like it needs protected over and above Christ crucified? Uh, that's probably key item number two, that if think, that was the case. Do you think that they feel like they are protecting Christ crucified? Because in that, if uh, you're in that scenario, it's like, okay, you know, now we have to uh, kind of maybe shield. I, I, I don't know. I'm trying to think through some, uh, what maybe what, what one of their motives would be. Like, okay, we've got this guy who screwed up, and now he's just a, another uh, another one on the pile. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. These Christian yep. pastors who have messed up and, and abused power, and like, uh, how could uh, Jesus let this happen? How could Christ let this happen? Like, could any of this be real at all with all these dudes who just get, you know, climb to the top and then become corrupt? Oh, totally. Like, especially with a church like that, where like a lot of the growth is coming from, like, they're reaching people who previously were unchurched. Because there's something compelling about either the message or the music or something like that, and like, like could someone reasonably think to themselves, "Hey, 
Um, what is what does this look like from someone who's just just stepping foot into a church for the first time or just meeting Jesus? And like, do they misunderstand Jesus and the church by hearing about this thing? Could someone think that? Yes. Could they think it under like? Are they concerned about the right types of things? The impact on these folks? Yes, they are. It still isn't the answer to protect them, but like, I think that's right. Which again, I think makes things great. Like, it's really easy to come down hard on people, but like. I often find that people's motives are interestingly less selfish than what I might have presumed in a black and white scenario. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, we need to protect the church. You're right. They very well could just be thinking, like, I care about all these people who are in this church. I don't want them to misunderstand Jesus because this guy hosed up, and the easiest way to do that is to protect what people find out. I think that's. I think there totally could be people that do that. Now, sure. I think I think the gospel's stronger than that. Yeah, I think it's is really misguided, especially with, like if you're trying to protect Jesus and not using the the means that Jesus said to use, then you're probably not protecting Jesus very well. Yeah, or at least you're not thinking about it, you know, uh, all the way through. Yes, I think that's that's the issue is that like it's just not thought through. Like, can you is it right to care about people and be concerned about what this does to their faith? Yes, it is. Uh, but you don't. But the the they got in this mess by human following human means when they should have followed the spirit means, and like you're not going to get out of it by following human control means either. Like the spirit, the spirit means would have worked before, and they'll most certainly work now. They'll do the thing that it's supposed to do. But like I get it, I, I think I, I I have sympathy for that because a lot of times it's out of it's not out of arrogance, it's out of ignorance. It's not someone like they 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 may not actually fully know. What, which is the right time to ask? Hey, what? Do, how would Jesus handle this type of thing? What should should we do? Not what do I feel like doing? Yeah, yep. Okay. Hey, you're listening to live from the path. Um, if you got any comments on that story, you think we're way off or uh, whatever, you just let us know. You can call the live from the path Bob Eisler complaint line. That's five one five five one seven zero zero eight five. That's call or text five one five five one seven zero zero eight five. And uh, that's the uh, you give us a holler and let us know um, anyway how we're doing or whether you agree disagree on that story uh, where we got it wrong where you think maybe you're maybe you're the old codger type that I was saying about earlier and here's the thing bless you son I like uh, I know you get them right sometimes I think that doesn't justify some of your positions but like uh, I will, I'm free to acknowledge that uh, sometimes I'm in your corner I'm like can we just cut everything off we can't handle any of it <laughs> back in my day we used to be teetotalers not a sip. None of us were caught in a, in a lady's room for 40 minutes. <laughs> and we liked it that way. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, I don't know. We're going to skip that for now. All right. Let's do some advice. Let's uh, let's keep this train rocking here. Uh, dear – oh, boy. What's, what's going on here? Dear Life on the Path, I've been in a relationship with a man I met at work. It took me six months to decide to be – oh, holy cats. I wonder if Mike screens these. To be intimate <laughs> with him. And it will be a year next month. Things are going great. The only issue, what are your guesses, Dan? There's only one problem. What is it? His wife. Nathaniel? Yeah. I was listening. I'm sorry. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I heard intimate, and then maybe Mike screens these, and then I stopped listening. Okay, we're going to start it again. Okay. Okay, so far, I'm logging Dan as his wife. Uh, I've been in a relationship with the man I met at work. It took me six months to decide to be intimate with him, and it will be a year next month. Things are going great. The only issue is, Dan says he's got a wife. What do you think? Um, he, uh, yeah, I'm going to go wife too. Okay. Hard bets on wife. The only issue is he has a wife and kids. <laughs> the children are about my age. Oh. Oh, wow. 
Oh. Hey, that's two left turns. Good heavens. <laughs> two left turns. Here we go. Oh. Oh, boy. This, she's, this is a humble type. This is why Mike does it. He slipped into my hotel after uh, <laughs> that's right. 42 minutes. For <laughs> Goodness. She says, I am young, beautiful, and I know I deserve more. But I'm falling in love with this man, and I can't resist our passionate sex life. Goodness me. He's done things with me I've never experienced before. We see each other often, and I enjoy his company. This is the first time I have ever been a side piece, and it bothers me that the time we spend together is limited, and I can only call within certain hours. I know he likes me, but my feelings for him are way stronger. How do I resist my yearning to want to be around him or just talk on the phone? Should I change jobs to have a new beginning or consider a relationship with someone who doesn't have to be a secret? How can I end this when, with every fiber of my being, I want to stay? Uh, you, yeah, it needs to be a a hard uh, end, uh, whatever. However, that ha- happens. Whether you have to move, leave. I mean, you you are dishonest. You are a whore. Uh, you you are destroying children's lives. Uh, this man has a wife. He he's a jerk. Um, you don't want that kind of guy. If he's cheating on his wife, what makes him think you're, he won't cheat on you? Yeah. I mean, there's so many things w- wrong with, with this whole thing. I don't care how he makes you feel for 10 minutes. Uh, it, it's, it's, he, is just, he is using you and discarding you and going home to his family. And you, you need to end that for your sake and his sake and his wife's sake and his children's sake. Yeah. Yeah, like this is this is... This is difficult because, like, I, my gut reaction is like, um, based upon the age. If you're you're as young as his children, um, and it's it's not it's not hard to tell what what the relationship is at work, like whether he's a boss or something like that. But like, um, my first gut reaction would be like, hey, look, you're you're being deceived. You're being misled by this man. He's he's manipulating you. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing: like, you know, he's married. You know, he has children. Um, and you seem to be arrogantly pursuing this relationship and wondering, like, and saying you deserve more and, like, allowing yourself to go further and further into something that you know is disastrous, not only for you, but for other people, for innocent people who are getting no pleasure out of any of this, right? Like, you might be getting some, some, some cheap earthly stuff going on here, but, like, that wife and kids, they, this is not a mutual benefit. They're getting, they're getting destroyed here, and, like, and you're contributing to that. And like I mean, I, this is him. He these are his wife and kids. And so like Dan's right. I like he's a jerk. We should lay this on him. But like I mean, the second you knew that, mm-hmm. the second you knew that. I mean, you shouldn't be in the relationship with him anyway. You should get married and find a church and love Jesus. But like the second you knew that, like this should have been an, an, a done thing, a done thing. And so yeah, I I would agree. I would I would break this as like uh, you don't even need to tell him. I just wouldn't show. Very frankly, if if I were. Because of the level of attachment that you have, um, if you were willing to listen to somebody that you trust and do the thing that they told you to do, I would tell you you don't show up for work tomorrow. Um, I would I would change your phone number. I would just start over. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is too much of a mess, and it's already it's already risked too much damage. And like, there's no way to get out of this in a way that's healthy. If if you came into my office and told me the story, I would give you one week, and I'd say if you haven't told him, I will. Yeah, and I'll be calling the wife. Yeah. Yeah, this is just like this is it's wrong. Here's this even even on the sliding scales of humanity, like this is straight up wrong. Um and you you should not devalue yourself um for this man. And um you should um not want to be at all associated with uh, the type of man who would do these type of things with um um uh, to his wife and children. This guy he's living like a king. 
Yeah. He's having all the little kinky sex with this little half-age little girl over there. And then he's going home and playing family with his wife and his adult children. You know, maybe there's grandkids involved. Who who knows by this time? Yeah. Uh, This guy is despicable. He needs to be called out. Yeah. 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 Nathaniel? What do you think attracts a, a lady to an old dude like that at work? Like, I, I just, I can't imagine. It's just so, it's so wild. Just, um, uh, I, I mean, the, they're put to, well, here's the thing. Um, Nathaniel, you were a young man, uh, and, and still are. Sure. Uh, and, and although, like, I recall being a young man, and compared to hopefully the husband I am now, I wasn't a catch. 20 years ago, I was really banking on the fact that my wife uh, did not know any better and to have married a man like me at the time. Because, like, think, just think of the pick of the litter for, for young ladies uh, at a 20-year-old dude's. It's hard to find a competent man. That's true. And so, mm-hmm. like, when you see a guy who is kind to you, um, who has a, a means mm-hmm. to, you know, take you out, um, who treats you well— who compliments confidence you? Confidence in himself. That's right. That's right. And and who can help build confidence in you? Knows yep. the right types of things to say to women, the things that they really need to hear that the doltish fellas that they're probably dating don't have. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's it's a, such a low. Ladies have such a low bar that it takes. Like it's that's not meant as offensive. It's it's it's, it's meant to to like the guys. Have, I have set such a a low behavior threshold at those ages that like. Um, yeah. it, it doesn't really take much effort to, to show a woman that she's important and that you think something of her and to compliment and just be ki- and even just being kind and competent being kind. and not being a doofus. Not wasting your life on video games. Yeah. Yeah. I, we probably all know guys in our world who, like, when, when I was younger, I knew guys that were young that, that somehow knew the game. They knew what to say. They knew how to treat them. They knew how to how to compliment them and, and do all the things we're talking about. They just happen to be young, too. Yeah. They, they did it for, for nefarious reasons, though. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they, yeah. They just used one woman after another and left them in shambles. Um, th- this is a guy who's, who's, who's still playing that game, Yeah, and, and he's getting away with it, and you're letting him get away with it. Yeah, yeah. I agree. He's a real butthead. He's yeah. a real butthead. I, get out I of here. get him a shirt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Get a, buy him a shirt. This says, I'm a real butthead. I'm a real and, butthead. And then don't go to work and never talk to him again. I yeah. think that'll solve it. Yeah. I yeah, I'm I'm all for um I'm all for blowing this up. Um Secular says, This affair is going nowhere. So sharpen your survival instincts. Wake up and realize it could go on until he decides to trade you in for a younger, fresher side piece he can impress with his prowess. I'm willing to bet you are not his first, nor will you be his last. Quitting this person will not be entirely painless, but do it cold turkey anyway. You already know how. And if you're feeling generous when you wave goodbye, thank him for the many valuable lessons he's taught you because you intend to share them with younger, stronger, single men. Believe me, there are plenty out there. I don't know. I don't know what happened in the back half of that advice, but uh, it sounds like we're aligned at least on it's just it's Splitsville. Yeah. You know, I, I tell you the thing is is um, this is going to tie to like a broader like a macro narrative, I guess. But like people who are willing to believe. That there is a whole that that there's a, a they, that sorry I'm trying to think of the right way to say this that there can be a new life for them. Um, some people do that entrepreneurially, like they become people who can start businesses and like have ideas that can change the world and like all kinds of people. You know, how many times I've had an idea where I'm like, boy, this would be really cool, and then like within five years, every someone has started a- acting on those ideas. 
And I'm like, shoot, man, I could have done that. That would have been fun to, to have done. I mean, and it's not it's very possible that, like, uh, obviously they thought of it too, so it's not the most original idea. But, like, someone's succeeding because, not only because they thought of something, but because they took action on it. And so, like, um, the ability to believe that, like, um, not be so bound by the safety of what you know and, and willing to, to, to shake things up is, is there are people who, like, have massive success simply because they're willing to take action where other people are not. They're like, nah, I just don't know. Um, and like the same thing is true. That's like a positive reaction to it. But the same thing is true it, when you're in rough situations. Like a lot of times you get boxed in by rough situations because you just can't imagine a life that's different than the one that you're in. And like one of the things I would encourage you to do if you're in situations like this is like, can we just be honest with yourself and say, look, what do I, if I could reset the whole show, what would I want to be true? Well, I'd want to be with a guy who's actually available to me. I w- and maybe maybe you like some of the attributes of this man. Write them down. I want a guy who treats me kindly, a guy who you know compliments me and uh, who appreciates me for what I'm worth, like that I'm I'm a worthy human human being, but who does not treat me like uh, like a piece of property that he gets to visit and then leave and abandon. And so write the things down that you want. And like here's here's what I'm not going to tell you. You can't just think on them and they'll manifest. It doesn't work. But here's what I'm going to tell you. If you look at those things, now you know how to look at your world and go, you know what? These none of none of the, the life that I'm living is serving serving this. And so I'm gonna, I'm going to blow it up. And I'm going to start over and I'm not going to settle for less than the things that I, that I that I want in life. And so um you can even and you can do that. And but it's it's just often hard because you feel bound by What's familiar? Like, boy, I quit my job. Here's the deal. Most people have quit their – no joke. Most people have quit their job in the last two years. The, 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 almost everybody quit, moved, did something else. Mm-hmm. And you know what? They were fine. And this is coming from a guy – I've worked for the same company for 20 years because I'm real hesitant. I'm like, I don't – I like it here. I'm familiar. I know these people. I know these processes. I know the colors we use. I'd rather <laughs> not move. You know, And like that probably has held me back I don't know it with in from a career perspective, but like I just don't I don't have it in me a lot to just like blow up the world. But like I've I've been around so many people who are capable of this, um, that it can be done. Way more than you think it can be done. It can be done. All right. Dear life in the path. I am pregnant with my second child. My first child is a girl, and so is the baby I'm expecting. A few months ago, my husband's cousin gave birth to a girl. The baby had a heart defect that unfortunately could not be repaired. She died four days after birth. My heart was broken for not only this baby girl, but also her parents. I cannot fathom what it would be like to lose my child. While I've shared my good news with close family, I have not shared it on social media out of respect for my husband's cousin. I'm torn because this is a happy time in my life, and I would love to share my news, but I worry it would be insensitive. I've confided my concerns to a few friends. They are divided about how I should proceed, so I'm hoping you can offer guidance. Hmm. At least she has a good heart about it. Yeah. I'd say reach out to her to to, to the the person personally before you make a big deal of it on social media. But celebrate celebrate your child. But reach out to them and say, "Hey, I'm. This will be sensitive for you. We want you to know we're pregnant. We're expecting a girl. Yep. And uh, they they know you care. They know they know you cried with them. And and you know, I don't. I think it's okay. Yeah, it's, it's hard, but it's but it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. I would say that even the notion of the question you're asking shows your heart's in the right place, Yeah, which means you're not likely to take a step that's going to be, like, totally insensitive and blow the thing up. Uh, and I, did, I think Dan's right. Like, um, I, here's the thing. In the moment, um, it might be hard for them to take, but, like, mm-hmm. if, if something like that were to happen, 
Um, in fact, I've had uh, not that situation, but like some were like someone I think didn't want to say anything because something rough was going on. And like in the moment, maybe that would have hit me in one way or another. But like six months down the road, if I were to find out about that, I would be like, oh, man, like why would I want the thing that's causing me pain to also taint that thing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and so like. Um, if someone would have reached out and just said, hey, you know, uh, like exactly what Dan said and say, I-, I wanted to share this. I just I'm real sensitive. I just don't want it. I know it's a rough time for you. And so, you know, I thought about just not, you know, making sure that you couldn't see it or something on social media. But that also felt rude. And so, look, I just let me talk to you. They're going to find out. Yeah, yeah. it's family. I yeah. Mean, you're going to find out. Right. Right. And, they, I, you know, I, I, I don't expect you can say, look, I don't expect a reaction from you. And, you know, I, I just. Obviously, wish this was a different circumstance, but I just wanted to tell you before I did it um, that I, you know, you're still very much on my mind or something. Like whatever, there's yeah. a way to do it because like it's yeah. true. You're not making it up. It's true. Yeah. Nathaniel, what do you do? You 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 just post it. Consider this. Okay. And this might be uh this is a hot take. Okay. Uh, don't post anything on social media about your life, ever. How about that? That's bold. <laughs> or anything that matters. Of substance, like having a baby. Because, like, you know, you got the, the the five people around you and your parents that actually care. And then after that, it's like someone's going to look at it and go, wow, I didn't know old uh, Shelby from high school is having another baby. Right on, Shelby. You don't think you don't think people's circles is a little, are a little bit bigger than that? I don't know. Do, are you, they, I mean, they, do they actually care though? Uh, did you? Did you? Is it because you're in the Mike Foos chair? Because that sounds like a Mike Foos type of thing to say. <laughs> that like Maybe. nobody gives a crap uh, anyway. And like if they if they if they care about it enough, or if you care for them to know, you call them or text them. Past that, you keep it off. That sounds yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just it's just so it's I feel so baloney to post something on on the Facebook or on the Instagram. It's like, look what's going on in my life. I'm having a baby. It's like, who? Nobody cares. I, but did, I don't know. I kind of care. You care I about do. some dude yeah. that you knew in high school. Well, well, but baby? The, like it's real easy if 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 the if it's the only people I'm, I'm friends with five people in my family and then five hundred people I went to high school with. If that were the situation, yeah, I mean, I suppose that's a little bit dumpy. But like, uh, I think you've got kind of circles of of friends and circles of influence of which, like, I may not care. Uh, there's a peripheral, like ha- I would at least half of the people who I'm Facebook friends with, I, I they don't care and I don't care. We're just connected for some reason or another. Yeah. But like, uh, you know, I would certainly say a hundred people with. There's a hundred people on Facebook of which, like, they would want to know. It's similar to writing, to writing letters, uh, uh, and letting somebody. I suppose you're just not having to take the personal touch to it. You think it just feels lazy. I should yeah. have to get some addresses and send some cards. Yeah, out. send some cards. Send the Christmas card out. Say, hey, this is what happened. Don't even tell them when it happened. Just let them know after after the fact. Hey, we had a baby. Just so you know. Yeah, I mean, you could do that. Send the Christmas card out. It's weird. It's weird because it, it does feel kind of uh, if someone has a child and doesn't tell you, it it brings into stark relief what the nature of your relationship is, <laughs> whether you knew it or not. Like you might say, "Hey, I'm good friends with those people," but if they had a baby and then didn't bother mentioning it to you, you would be like, "They are not as good of friends with me as I believed or, I was." Like with even them. if there was like a possibility where, like, okay, I'm good friends with this guy, and then a year goes by and they're like, "What? They had a baby?" Like obviously, you're not that that great of friends. Like if you would, <laughs> it would have you would have go gone and see them. So you're you saying know? drop the facade. You would have saw the baby in real life and said, "Wow, look at this baby. What's its name?" And uh, instead, you just like live vicariously on the on the internet. 
internet and say, oh, yes, this, I'm so f- happy that I got to see this baby. Okay, so here's the question. Is there no room in society for, um, in a healthy way, for, for casual acquaintances? Like, take the person that drove by Dan in his moan shorts and says, hey, are you Dan Hudson? I really enjoy your column. Now, Dan probably doesn't care whether that lady had a baby or not. Right. But, but like... Someone took the time, but it didn't. Didn't it? Wouldn't it mean something, Dan? Didn't it mean something for someone to take the time to say that? Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was flattering and kind of humbling too, and, and a little bit creepy. Okay, fair. I mean, it's a but it was kind of cool. It was more cool than creepy. Okay, okay. I'm just like for someone, it's it's kind of like you're giving. So people on the show, as an example, we've had plenty of bad bands come in and people we've interviewed, and like. If I were to say, "Hey, um, uh, we're having another another baby," and like somebody who was on the show one time. You know, wrote congratulations. Uh, I mean, they took the time to do it. They could have scrolled yes. by. They could have thumbs up it. But like instead, they but they took the time to to say something. People, I get all kinds. Of the, the happy birthdays still happen. Is there not a place for that, Nathaniel? I don't know. I just maybe it's because I'm not like active on the on the on the internet or anything like that that I feel disconnected from it. Well, yeah, man. If you don't invest in it, it's like a fine marriage. <laughs> you got to put the effort in. I think that's true. <laughs> the uh, only time I that I, uh, I I get on the Facebook every once in a while, and I look at things that I don't know why. 2011, 2012, I was posting like daily. And you were in. You were all I was, in. I was all in, and it was all just the dumbest. Like I'm, I'm glad that the memory thing is there to remind me of how dumb I am. <laughs> Or like I would never pop up, be like, I wish that my clothes were made of bed sheets so that when I fell asleep in my clothes, I would already be tucked in. Like I would have <laughs> never remembered that that thought crossed my mind. But for whatever reason, in 2011, I had the uh, the the gall to put that on the net for for the people <laughs> for to the know. world to take in. This is what I'm talking about. This is what young ladies have to have to wait for. Them. <laughs> and to say, actually, I've got the same problem. Although I, the opposite happens. I've the memories pop up from 10 years ago i'm like but that's fine that's real <laughs> yeah, fine I, that's really I wish i had said that twice <laughs> okay i i don't know i'm a i'm a mixed mind about it because like i am i'm actually totally for um uh, i think we've talked about this on the show a lot so I, I won't belabor the point but like i i think i could totally get on board with a just cut it off social media type of stuff but then i i just wonder it feels like an overreaction to me there, I think I think there has to be room in life for hey Ted, how's your how's your wife? Oh, she's doing great. How's your house plants? Oh, we're not lonely. Like <laughs> whatever it is, um, the casual you would have casual interactions where like I, I don't I don't need to know everything, but like life is is some like you're you can have that sphere of influence where it's all right to ask the just one step in question. It doesn't have to be three. And I think that's probably all right. It doesn't make you shallow. It's just you've just set their appropriate boundaries for the depths of the right relationships. Okay, so final advice, Dan. You say you were, you're sticking with uh, yours was reach out. Just yeah, talk re- to them before. Reach out uh, and 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 go ahead and don't don't feel. I mean, celebrate this child. This is a a, a gift from God. Yep. Yep. Okay. And Nathaniel says, leave it off. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I mean, if you. Uh, I also think that you should uh, message them, the, these people, and say, hey, listen, um, I'm sorry. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, this is where we're at. This is where we're at. This, is where this we're thing at. happened. <laughs> this thing happened. Bummer for everyone. 
<laughs> yeah, you don't you don't have to do announcement to say uh, your child died and ours didn't. Well, right. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, you you're not celebrating their loss. You're you're celebrating your gain and yeah. grieving their loss at the same time. So yeah, and maybe that maybe the the advice here to you then is um, even if um, if the cousin or whatever has a negative reaction, just know that that's not about you. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. And just be yeah, yeah. be patient it's with grief. Him. Um, you know, walk it. Maybe just be be mindful of what you talk about in front of them or whatever. And like, um, you didn't cause that. That was that was. It's just an expression that's, and they're working through something. And so, do your best not to take it personally, because like, it's those types of things that happen. And then now you're irritated with them for being irritated with you because you tried to handle it well. And then like stuff, it's an unnecessary chasm. Mm-hmm. Let them just just chalk it up to grieving. Let it bounce, and then reengage at a later time. Because it could honestly be even worse if you try to not, you know, try to hide it. Because, yeah. Because they're gonna. I mean, you're, the child's gonna be born. Right. And they'd be like, "What? You couldn't even tell me? You know, it's like a second hurt." Yes, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Treat them like humans. You don't have to. Yeah. Actually, sometimes we try to tiptoe around people, and like, it doesn't mean when we when you say like you be direct, it doesn't mean you're like terse or offensive, but just like just ask the thing, say the thing that you want to say, and see what see how they react to it. Like I think I think we, we do a lot of trying to figure people out um, when oftentimes the easiest thing is just to ask them, "Hey, I can't figure you out. <laughs> what would be best?" And then just listen to that. That's Ben's marriage advice for the night. Just, <laughs> just maybe just ask, <laughs> see what happens. All right, I take it all back. I just looked at uh, the Facebook to see what the last time I posted was. Yeah, and it was on June sixth of last year, and it was uh, for my anniversary. So oh, yeah. you okay. know, uh-huh. a moment in life. Lest you be a hoopacrites. Yeah, you're out. I'm. Yeah, I'm back in. Post okay. it. Okay, post it. All right. Uh, let's see. Secular says sooner or later your husband's cousin and her husband are going to learn about your pregnancy if they don't already know. The kind thing to do would be to let them hear about it directly from you rather than via post on social media. After you have spoken with them, you can then share the happy news of the impending arrival for all your friends to see. Holy cats. That's two for two. Super close. All right, we're going to do where we, we're closely aligned with secular. So we're going to do one more. Dear, live from the path. I have been married to my wonderful husband, Alec, for five years. This is the second marriage for both of us. We raised children on our own and waited until they were out of the house to get into a relationship. My issue is Alec plans events and then becomes stressed because the house or the food isn't perfect. My idea of an event is unnecessary full colon. My family comes over and we enjoy each other's company. We usually do potluck and everyone helps with the cleanup. My husband's idea of an event is that we are the host and everyone sits down to a formal dinner. I hate this. Why would I spend all my time serving my family and cleaning up after them? Instead of enjoying being with them. In his defense, Alec does most of the prep and hosting on his events because I refuse to kill myself making sure everything is perfect. But even though he does most of the work, he's obviously irritated the whole time. And by the time of the event, we're barely speaking. These events are not fun for us. And visiting family notices the tension. So it's uncomfortable for them too. I just want to enjoy my family, not impress anyone. Our house is always presentable. It's not like I invite guests into a mess. To hear him talk, you'd think we have rats running around. I've tried discussing it with him, and he says, My mom was a perfect hostess. She made everyone comfortable, waited on them, etc. You know what? I don't care what his mom did. This is how I entertain, and I'm not going to kill myself and then have a miserable time. Am I unreasonable? <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. You got Mary and Martha here. That, that's, that, that's all. I mean, it's just two personalities, and uh, even Jesus said, Hey, you know what? Yeah. 
how about you, you you slow down a little bit and listen to my teaching? He's not there, but but I, I would side on the relax a little bit, enjoy your family. But I also understand if you're wired, if you're not going to enjoy it because if things aren't perfect, well then make it perfect, but don't be upset with her. Yeah, uh, it's just a personality difference. It's 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 it's. I mean, you just got to work through it, get through it. I, I wouldn't go crazy on it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I do think that, like, uh, and I think this came up in a different advice where we were talking about the one of the lady who just likes it spick and span, and mm-hmm. like it felt overdone. And like to a certain extent, if you're going to be the quirky person, like you do have to bear most of the weight of your quirks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think I think as a spouse, you should do your best to support your spouse. And so, you know what? If if yeah, uh, don't walk through the street or the floor with muddy shoes i mean yeah, yeah right right and like if if this is important to him like uh you know maybe do your best to try to help out um without you know um but but like but people do have to realize that like if you're the quirky person you can't be upset at someone else because they don't care about it the same way you do yeah like i what people we get that a lot where um we're like i just don't know why they don't care they just don't they're not wired to care well they should care yeah. well you care Enough for everybody. Yeah. And so, like, you're just going to have to back off a little. Um, and I know this is, advice isn't for him. Otherwise, you'd say, look, you know, I think you need to honor your wife a little here. And if it's important to you and she's going along with it, uh, and at least just staying out your way and not complaining about it, you should be thankful for that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if it's important to you as a mama's boy to go do the thing your mama did, okay, great. Go do that. But don't don't get mad. And then, like... Recognize that she's sacrificing something for you. You should be willing to sacrifice something for her. You should be willing to let go of this thing and say, "Look, my wife wants a layback Thanksgiving, and I'm going to give it to her, just like I would expect her to support you." And so, you know, just just don't be a don't be um, the extremes are really unnecessary. Oh, we always do these events, or we just want to be sloven slovenly and make my husband irritated. Like, there's no reason to do either one of those things. Yeah. Just trade them off. Hey, I get Christmas this year. Lazy, lazy Christmas, slob Christmas. Okay, great, great. We'll we'll do the tucks and tails for the uh, for the Thanksgiving. Congratulations. <laughs> I've figured it out. Yeah, like, just yeah. be, think through this. Yeah. Nathaniel. Yeah, I don't have anything to add. It sounds good. Okay. All right. Uh, Secular says, uh, remind your husband that families have their own traditions. If he wants to entertain his family in grand style, he's entitled to do that, and they probably expect it. You think they? You you think this guy's overdoing it all? Like, or do you think maybe his family's like that, and maybe they would think less of him if he didn't do it? Yeah, I think that's just what they're they're used to. That's what mom did. Yeah, yeah, and and they're they're used to someone being stressed and saying, "Oh, the biscuits are a little overcooked," and they're like, "Don't worry, it's all right. We right. like it." I mean, that's just that's just normal to them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's true. And like uh, the, the guy didn't choose the family he grew up in. He didn't choose his mom. Yep. And so you know, whatever you just get comfortable with that kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it says, and they probably expect it. However, he has no right to impose his style of entertaining on your family because it's not fair to you or them. Because you're not going to change him, compromise by divvying up the entertaining. You do yours, and he should do his. Yeah, three uh, for three. I, I is that going to work? Like you, let's. Is the impression that that not these two families aren't going to be together at the same time? Because it's not like you could have the slob, the slob in the living room, and then the tails in the dining area. That feels antagonistic. I, th- I think generally families tend to be at one or the other side. I mean, they might once in a while get together, but yeah, generally I would see how that would work. Okay. Okay. 
I mean, I, you could at least, you know, you could invite them both and just say, yeah. hey, look, uh, look, uh, Marion's, it's Marion's holiday. You know how it is. We're, we're going to eat pizza and burp in the living room. You, <laughs> if you don't want to come, it's fine. <laughs> like, and then they'll just self-select. Yeah. Yeah. Because we, 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 we do up uh, Mother's Day real big, and we just recently started inviting, um, like, our son-in-law's parents yeah. to come. And, and we just tell them, hey, here's what it is. You know, if you can't come, great, whatever. But just so you know, this is what the expectation. Their expectation is to be pampered. Yeah. Uh, pampered, excuse me. Um, uh, but just so you know, we're going to go over the top and be weird, you know, and it's just goofy and we're having fun. Yeah. And uh, they, they, they love it, you know. It's yeah. Nothing like their normal dinners, but, uh, well, not for our moms either. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, all right, yeah. So a uh, key theme here is just uh, let's just talk talk with folks. Well, first of all, stop dating married men. That was yeah. Yeah, that's not part of the key themes. But secondly, look uh, just to just talk to some people. Just be open about it and then figure out a way to support each other. Hey, you've been listening to Live from the Path. We really do appreciate you hanging out with us tonight. Um, unless you're Brian Houston, in which case, boy, I feel like you've got other stuff to focus on. Uh, this you should not be listening to the podcast. But uh, if you got any feedback for us, uh, please uh, call or text the Life of the Path Bob Eisenhower complaint line, 515-517-0085. That's 515-517-0085. We would love to hear from you. If you want to buy a house from Bob, now's a good time, I think. I don't know anything about it, uh, but uh, he's always a good dude to deal with. You can get a hold of Bob Eisenhower with the Eisenhower team. They're easy to work with and hard to beat. Uh, I don't know what our plans are for next week, but we'll do our best to be in studio. In the meantime, be faithful in the means. God will handle the ends. You've been listening to Live from the Path.